You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Mo Brady. In learning how the Adams Family found popularity after its initial professional mountings, I wanted to dig one level deeper. Thanks to Jim Hoare at Theatrical Rights Worldwide, I had learned why the show was a popular choice for amateur and student groups. As he told me, on second thought, I'll let him tell you himself. Teachers tell me they love the show for all of the reasons I mentioned before. It's good opportunities for girls, large chorus. Parts are fun for the kids. You know, like they can relate, they can relate to the characters. The music is challenging for student pits, but not too challenging. But that conversation with the licensing house TRW made me want to dig one level deeper. Beyond all the reasons a school would choose the Adams Family, I wanted to know about their experience producing the show. How did their mountings vary from the professional productions I had heard about, both those in the U.S. and around the world? And were these students able to experience something working on the show that I didn't in the Broadway company? Luckily, Jim himself was able and willing to connect me with one of the first high schools to produce an amateur production of The Adams Family, Rock Ridge High School in Ashburn, Virginia. A thriving theater program with not one but two full-time theater teachers, Rock Ridge produced the show as its fall musical in the 2017-2018 school year. And lucky for me, I was able to speak to both of those theater teachers about how their students experienced the show. Hi, yes, my name is Rebecca Hess, calling from Northern Virginia, Loudoun County, and I am a theater teacher at Rockridge. So we have the unusual privilege of having two full-time theater teachers. We were actually at a theater festival, but the kids were off doing workshops, and we started thinking about the next year's season. And as you do, we went on to all the royalty companies' websites and just started looking through titles, and we're talking about what shows we wanted to do, and usually we do a fall play. But the Adams Family came up, and I had never heard of it as a musical, honestly. And so it came up, and I thought, well, that's that seems like a really fun, quirky show. Too bad we can't do it in the fall. And then Tony got this look in his eyes like, why not? We could do it maybe before Halloween, because it would just be, you know, thematically perfect around that time. So then did you, like, take a look at the script? Did you get a, a perusal copy? Like, what was your step to make sure that this would be a good fit for your kids? Yeah, we always get a perusal copy. We look at the casting needs of the production, and we look at the students that we have in the program. Um, and we had a lot of students that we wanted to train. Like, we had a very, very strong freshman class coming in, um, and a a current strong freshman class and we wanted opportunities to like train them in ensemble but we also had um some like really great quirky character actors in our program and so we figured that would be awesome to provide them opportunity to train and be showcased um we always look at our season as a whole and make sure that 
we can be a program where we're not always casting the exact same kid in every lead role that we give a lot of kids opportunity. And so we did, you know, Adam's family that year. We also did Mary Poppins, which are, you know, they're very different feels in terms of the types of production. And so we were able to showcase a lot of kids that way. And that was a big part of it. So we always get a perusal script for kids in general and also for specific kids that we want to push because we have a growth mindset when it comes to how we cast our shows. And sometimes it freaks the kids out because we'll put them in a role and they're like, I can't do this. And we're like, actually, we think you can, but you're going to have to grow in order to do it. Tony Simino Johnson and a theater teacher at Rockridge High School in Ashburn, Virginia. Had you seen The Addams Family before choosing? I did. Okay. And what made you think it would be a good fit for your school? To be honest with you, at first I didn't think it was going to be a good fit for my school, only because I saw the Broadway version. And as a high school, as an academic theater program, you really have to make room for ensembles. So I really didn't think that it was going to work for my school when I first saw it on Broadway. And then uh, Jim Hoare through TRW, after having seen my production of Ghost the year before, really encouraged me to read the new script and all the rewrites that it went through. Talked to me a lot about the rewrites when it went on tour. And I read the script and was like, wow, this is really cool and really different and isn't all about Gomez and the leads and and allows a lot of room for creativity and for the ensemble. What about that new script sort of changed your mind? The script had gone through some rewrites um, and there were more opportunities to feature like the ancestors, for example, throughout the entirety of the show, as opposed to in a couple of scenes. In our production, we had the ancestors on stage pretty much the entire time we were inside of the, the Adams Family house. Um, just to give this sense that there's always these ancestors watching um, everything that they're doing. So it, it, it really allowed room for that to happen. I'd love to know how the students reacted to the show. So I remember being a kid and I remember being in high school and hearing the show being announced. Yes, it is an event. Yes. So we have we have an end of year gala every year and we announce our whole season at once. And so we announced the show. And if you can imagine like uh, you know, 200 high school teenagers screaming with excitement um, that we were doing the Adams Family. And and right away, they started preparing their auditions. I mean, you could just tell in the room that I know what song I want to sing. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. In the original script, I think it says there's like 10 principals and then the ensemble. So did you have like 30 ancestors then? We expanded the uh, ancestor ensemble to about 22. You can expand the cast as a high school director to be really as big as you need it to be. This was our first production that we actually decided to make cuts. We don't usually make cuts for our shows, but this was one that we felt like we really wanted to do that. So our cast was about 40 students. And then we had an additional cast of 
improv artists that did a haunted house pre-show. We turned the Adams Family set into a haunted house before the show. They got to, you know, walk, audience members got to walk the haunted house. I want to know what these ancestors looked like, because in our production, we had, you know, very specific characters for each one. We had the the flight attendant, the caveman. Like, did you sort of use that? We did use that as a model. In fact, our choreographer talked to the students about kind of what they wanted to create. The students really got to choose, like, who who's going to be the caveman? Who's going to be the flight attendant? Who's going to be the nurse? And so on and so forth. And then uh, we got to create those characters from scratch and work with the students to complete those designs. So, yeah, I mean, we, we they definitely were very specific personalities from a specific point in time. So we value the ensemble intensely in our program the story like you can have these you know main characters and follow their their journey and that's all well and good but it's like the ensemble brings the fullness if we have a student who has a lead in one show we almost always require them to do ensemble in the next show so they get the full range of the performance experience because i think ensemble trains you in teamwork um in synchronizing your choreography which is huge like a lot of my students don't have like any kind of formal dance training. And so I, I push them a lot in that area because I do choreography. And also just like understanding how every role is essential and important to telling story. It doesn't matter if you're in the back row, you need to be as fully engaged as if you're, you know, downstage center. So we also use ensemble to do a lot of physical acting um, and tell story that way. Like our ensemble tends to bring the actual stage to life and the set to life in the way, especially that Tony directs. And because I've worked so closely with him for so long, I also tend to choreograph that way now when I do staging in songs. How long was the production process for the show? We had auditions before summer let out in spring of uh, 2017. We like to have our students off book when they come to the first rehearsal. So we gave them the script really early and it took us about 10 weeks um, to get us to opening night. There is a lot of dance in this show. And so we did spend, I think we modified our rehearsal process, right? We spent more time teaching dance than we might have done for Little Mermaid, for example, or for Beauty and the Beast, because there's a lot of dance and there's very specific styles of dance, particularly in the opening number when you're in Adams. I mean, you go from doing things like the Macarena to doing the electric slide. One of my biggest concerns going into Adams Family was the fact that there was an entire dance with no singing, no dialogue. It was like a five minute song and it was tango. I thought to myself, oh my lord, what's going to happen? So we always do like one eight-hour rehearsal sort of early in the process. Usually it's a staging rehearsal. We kind of like run through the whole script as much as we can, and Tony stages a majority of the production. But I took it over as a dance rehearsal, and we did eight hours of tango that day, which was a lot. Their very first rehearsal, now that I think about it, was with a professional tango dancer. And it was an eight-hour tango rehearsal where they learned the tango uh, with our choreographer and a professional dancer. And I actually brought in one of my dance teachers because I train in ballroom dance. And so he came in and basic tango to the students. And we did a, a pattern that I could fit in and like use in different parts of that song. And we also hired um, 
So I wanted to teach the Gomez and Morticia stage combat with fencing. And so we incorporated fencing into that, you know, very like a, a great throwback to the original Adams family where they would just, you know, fight all the time in the in the show. I kind of pieced together story in there, but it was incredibly challenging for the kids because up to that point they had never had to memorize and do that much choreography at once. And so it was a lot for them. But honestly, it's one of my favorite things that I've ever worked on in terms of choreography for that. The beautiful thing about this particular production is that it focuses on family and it's about family and acceptance. There's a lot of empathy and compassion in the show. And even though there's a ton of comedy, it, it still takes you on this emotional roller coaster. And so for our students, when they first heard of the show, they were really excited because they understood the comedy. At the end, they were blown away by just how close they had gotten in this production because it focused on family. Interesting. In a way that wasn't principles and ensemble? It's almost like because the ancestors are a part of the family, right? They come from the lineage of the Adams family. Everyone is a family. And because we staged the show in a way that the ancestors were always a part of the production, whether they were moving set pieces or they were on the stage or they were watching the action, um, they were always present. So these ancestors were always a part of the rehearsal process. There, there weren't many rehearsals where it was just Gomez and Morticia. And so because of that, the, the ensemble truly felt like they were invested, like they were a part of this family in a way that a, a production like, uh, like I said, The Little Mermaid might not achieve because you have very distinct different ensembles that come on at different times and aren't really a part of the action necessarily with Ariel, right? But the ancestors are always there with Gomez. They're always there with Morticia um, and Wednesday. It, it just brought our company together in this really uh, beautiful sense and set us up for success for the next couple of years that, that I hadn't experienced before in high school theater. In the spring, we always do an all-inclusive musical. Anyone who auditions is in, that we find them a role, we give them a place. But we did make cuts for Adam's family because just the nature of the show required that it be a little smaller. And we had an eight-week rehearsal process. We thought... There's only so much, you know, time we can devote to rehearsal in this. We we have to have a more focused group. And I think because it was one of our smaller productions, it did feel very close. And because it's the Adams family and so many of the themes of the show revolve around connection and unity and listening and understanding each other and letting each other grow. Um, we had conversations about that all the time. And I think it really did bond us as a group. How did the audience respond to the show? They loved it. And this was a show that even our um, high school students came out to see because it was a comedy. <laughs> you know, for it was our biggest fall production to date in terms of ticket sales. It really set us up in a, in a, a net positive for the year to be able to take more risks throughout the year with some of our other productions that we were uh, planning for the year, like uh, 9 to 5, 
um, a show that we weren't sure the audience was going to, especially high school students were going to come to. This particular show just received rave reviews and people are still talking about it today because they loved it so much. So it's, it is something that will definitely go down in, in the history of our, our individual high school theater program is, as being a fan favorite for sure. Special thanks to Anthony Chimino Johnson and Rebecca Hess for sharing their stories with us today. The Ensemblist was produced today by Jackson Klein and me, Mo Brady. Please rate and review The Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. Our Patreon members have on-demand access to our archive, including full conversations with our guests and early access to episodes. You can support us for between $5 and $20 a month at patreon.com slash theensemblist. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.